from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, it's Thursday noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are live, taking our calls right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We are here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. Dream team in studio, Michelle and Dion. And we want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. We're taking your calls. It is open call Thursday. So anything you have on your mind related to the job search, related to your career internally, you want to get promoted, you want to get a raise, you want to do an on-air mock interview, today is your day to do it. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So... We welcome back a crowd favorite, Abby Kohut, a.k.a. Absolutely Abby, to Career Talk. Abby was formerly a senior director of recruiting, and in 2009, she shifted her focus to concentrate on helping candidates to land their dream jobs. Determined to educate one million job seekers, in 2012, Abby launched a 35-state cross-country RV speaking tour, which you can learn more about at abbyacrossamerica.com. And Abby, you are back in recruiting now, right? I certainly am, Dawn, and I'm happy to be back on the program. Well, we love having you, um, and I need to thank you because my, my new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, just came out, and you were one of my testimonial writers, so I wanted to, to thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. It was a marvelous book, and I definitely recommend it to everybody that's looking for their first step-by-step roadmap to making a career switch. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so um, so we're going to talk about that on the show, too. If you're making a switch, we have some insider tips, career hacks, and insider secrets to share with you all throughout the show. It's, it's Christmas in July because we're going to be sharing all these things with you. And of course, if you have a specific question that you always wanted to ask a recruiter on Career Talk, we'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So one of the key insider tips in switchers um, Abby, that I, that I think is unique to the market is really getting inside the head of the person on the other side of the desk. And it's great to have you on the show because now as a recruiter, you are that person on the other side of the desk. And, you know, the, the book talks about uh, some of the things that, that you're concerned about in terms of hiring around loss aversion and, you know, finding somebody who is a good fit as a recruiter hiring for others, um, you know, what What might you suggest a switcher do to convince you that they're worth rolling the dice on? Oh, well, I have a very good tip for everyone. I believe if you want to get back into, a, if you want to get into a different career, the way to prove it to me, for one thing, is to go get some additional education. So that could be a certificate, that could be a degree in a college, it could just be going to conferences or joining associations in your particular area of expertise. I can tell you one story. One of my clients is about 71 years old, I think she was, and she came to me and she wanted to get into forensics, and she went and got a certificate in forensics. She's 71 years old, Don, and she managed to get a job in a top company because she went back and demonstrated that she really wanted to get back into that industry. So I think, yeah, two points come out of that. One, it's never too late to switch. And I, I say that in the book, it doesn't matter where you are in your career. It's not too late. A lot of us got on uh, into our careers simply because we we didn't know what we wanted to do. So we were in college, we're whatever, 18, 19, we picked a major and we kind of went with it. Or maybe our friends or our parents or other people in our lives 
convinced us that this was a, a stable career or something that that had a good future. So we get on it and then we wake up 15 years later and realize, hey, this isn't what I want to do. Uh, but is it too late to make a switch? And I think your story proves that, nope, it is not too late. And the great news is, is that the market keeps changing. So there's lots of new industries and jobs that didn't even exist 15, 20 years ago. So so we all are in this place where making a career switch is is something that we're we're looking to do simply because there's so many interesting new roles out there that we can pursue. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. So one of the things you talk about with education, um, I want to point out, because I think the nugget in there is showing a commitment to the employer that this is not a whim. So investing in the career switch you're looking to make. And and Switchers, the book, talks about this a lot when um, it, it goes through this. And, and getting an education, I want to kind of tease this out because what I've seen, Abby, is people – do that as a first step. And I, I have an example of somebody who went to be a speech therapist, went to school for two years, and at the end, during the internship, realized this was not at all what she thought it was. And she decided she didn't want to do this. And so one of the things is is really dipping your toe in the water in other ways before you invest a lot of time and money. So I like what you said about going to conferences, meeting people, maybe doing a project in your current company. Um, what are some other things people can do to really figure out out if this is a good move for them before they dive in full force? Well, definitely volunteering is a good thing to do. And, you know, certain careers, you can't do that because you need to volunteer for a nonprofit or a charity, but you might be able to shadow somebody. So if you go onto LinkedIn and find somebody that you went to college with, let's say, or that you went to high school with and you figure out what company they're in, if they're doing something that you would like to be doing, you might be able to join them on the, at the workplace. I mean, it's kind of hard to ask somebody to do that, but you have to be creative and kind of come up with ways that you can get the experience because people want to hire people with experience. So you kind of might have to take them out to lunch a couple of times if you can't shadow them in the office, but do something to pick their brain, take them out to lunch, pay for that sort of information and that might help. Just please don't don't ask them to pick their brain. That's a that's a donism that like is on my my no list. <laughs> <laughs> Say it in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I actually enjoy when people pick my brain, but ah! I charge but I charge people to do it. So, it cuz my brain it really has a lot of good information in it and I love to share it with people and the people that want to invest in their career to further their job search, to change their career, to improve their career, all those things. I love to help those people. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 111. We're here with Abby Kohut, a.k.a. Absolutely Abby, and you can pick her brain all our Long, 844-942-7866. And we're talking all about insider secrets. And of course, Abby, you wrote a, a book on this, 101 Job Search Secrets. And we're talking about that today to give people an insider's edge to landing the job they want, getting a promotion. And if you've got a question or a tip that you'd like to share with others, if it's Thursday, we are live, 844-942-7866. So, Let's talk about, let's just kind of do some quick tips, Abby, to kind of like get this rolling in terms of things you should or shouldn't do as, you know, as part of the job search. So, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, as a, as a former recruiter always bugged me is I can tell when people have prepared for the job search. So, and, and what I mean by that is that they've done their research, they've, they've practiced, they've done mock interviews, they've been thoughtful about how they want to respond to the examples they want to use in an interview. And it kind of irked me when people came in and just thought they could wing it. What are your thoughts on that as a recruiter? Oh, it's huge, Don. I want people to definitely do the research. And these days, there's absolutely no excuse for not doing research because the research is on your computer, whereas people used to have to go to the library to do the research. But it's so easy to do it. And there are plenty of mock interview questions that you can find online. There's really no excuse not to be prepared for an interview. And to practice with somebody. I can't stress this enough. Practice out loud because I guarantee you when you start doing it in a mock interview, you're going to trip over your words or you're going to say something that just doesn't come out quite right. And this is your opportunity to correct it 
before you get in the interview. So I've also been asked, Abby, um, you know, I tell people you should also research who you're interviewing with. If you have that information, you can certainly ask for that information. That's completely fine. Can you tell me the names and titles of the people I'll be meeting with? And then do your research about them online and particularly LinkedIn. But I've had people ask me, Abby, is that creepy to do because they can see I've looked at them? I know people ask me that as well. And my answer is why would these people be on LinkedIn if they didn't want people to look at them? So no, it's not creepy. It's not creepy to look at your that person's Facebook profile. It is great to go into an interview and think about something that they have on their profile that relates to something that you know. So you can establish rapport very quickly. You can even do it in the hallway walking to the interview. And it's just great. It establishes quick rapport. Yeah, so and definitely I, do that. I think this relates to something you mentioned before about investing in it. And and this shows me when somebody looks me up online before speaking to me, whether it's an, an informational interview or somebody I'm going to be hiring, this tells me you've taken the time to invest in me. In my opinion, this is a great sign. So so that's something you should definitely do. Check them out on LinkedIn. And if you don't know who you're in a, interviewing with, ask. I think a lot of candidates, Abby, are afraid to ask for these things. Um, but as a recruiter, would you be offended if somebody said, hey, can you tell me who I'm meeting with or, or ask you any questions so that they could be best prepared for their for their interviews? I would not be offended. I would actually love it if people would do that. So people don't ask questions. People barely ask for names. I always give them names. But I think in larger companies, people don't get the names readily. So definitely ask. Ask we are not going to be offended at all. I think we're going to see it as that you're doing research. Yeah, that you're actually being impressed with with that level of yeah. investment. Hey, you heard it from a recruiter, Abby Kohut, a.k.a. Absolutely Abby, here on Career Talk. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we're taking your calls all hour, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're going to go to Ryan in California. Welcome to the show, Ryan. What's on your mind today? Hi. Yeah, um, you know, thank you for taking my call. I actually have uh, a large tech company I'm interviewing with later today for an enterprise sales position. And um, I'm kind of, that's more on the, it's more on the digital advertising side. And I've been in the enterprise software as a service space for a good amount of time, enough time to get, to get this kind of um, interview, but it is a definitely different area going from something like digital advertising to um, you know, coming from enterprise software sales. So, you know, this national recruiter, um, which I plan on doing a lot of what was discussed here about the research and, you know, really coming in and understanding the product the best I can. But any tips just as far as such a, you know, kind of similar industry, but definitely a different space to be in from digital advertising to software as a service? So, our first interview. Yeah. So, Ryan, what is the question you're most nervous about? Um, maybe, you know, it's a good, good, good question in itself right there, but maybe more so, uh, you know, how, how, how can you relate, um, you know, digital advertising sales to enterprise software sales? And, you know, it's just something I haven't been a part of per se on the, um, digital advertising sales side and something I'll probably do some research on, but just more so on, you know, literally coming into a completely, different space, but a space that I'd actually like to be in. So, Ryan, would you be open to doing an on-air mock interview? We love to do them. And and if you have the interview today, I highly recommend it. Um, Sure. All right. right. Abby, can you, well, you are the recruiter, so (laughs) maybe you can, you can ask Ryan this question and he can answer it on air and then we will, we will give you feedback on it. So, Abby, do do you want to, do you want to do this role play? Sure. All right, go All right. for it. All right, Ryan. So thank you for coming in. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, taking the time to learn more about myself. Sure. Well, let me ask you, let's start off with this question. So I know that you've been working in a certain area of sales, which is a little bit different than our area of sales. And um, so maybe you could tell us how these two sales types of roles would relate to each other. In other words, how would you be successful with us when you've been successful in this other area? Uh, That's a fantastic question. Um, You know, a lot of success in specifically software is derived from understanding the problem at hand, understanding how to get to the solution, even when the 
you know, end user doesn't always know that solution. So that's something I've personally become an expert in. And, um, you know, on the digital advertising sales side, that's certainly an area that I have wanted to pursue. And I have a lot more interest in um, overall just understanding, uh, you know, from an enterprise sales side to digital advertising sales side for a large enterprise tech company, um, you know, where I can add value to from a, a brand such as the brand that I'm talking to today. So, you know, I think the, I think the comparisons are at, uh, at the end of the day, understanding always the problems at hand and, and understanding the solution, whether the end user knows that or not. And I, I don't think that from a, from a software as a service side or digital advertising side has too much of a difference in discovering the problems. All right. So awesome. Cut Ryan, Abby, what's your feedback? Okay. The laughter so, is, is <laughs> I don't know how to take that feedback. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, were you nervous when you answered that? Uh, I wasn't really expecting an on-air interview at the moment. <laughs> yes, fair say, enough. Sir. And, and let, let me just say this, Ryan, like, you know, for this afternoon, put this feather in your cap. The fact that you've done this on-air interview in front of, well, you're not in front of, but on the air hundreds of thousands of people you should you should know that's a huge accomplishment for today so yeah it really was so congratulations for saying yes okay yeah no worries (laughs) um so i had so i have a few things i wonder what don thinks too but i think for one i know you said you were going to do more research so i would do more research and then what i wouldn't tell them that you think it's the same as much as i would say based on my research this is what i think happens on this side and this is what happens on my side and I think that I could easily learn that side because of what I do on my side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Does that make enough. sense? Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. That last that last part, just think about this because they think um, their industry is is very unique and special and they That's want somebody right. to yeah. To recognize yeah. that, so so by saying it's the same, you you kind of like give them a little jab. So I, I even felt it, and I'm not in either of these industries. So I totally agree with Abby. The other thing is, I kind of wrote down words you say I want to pursue and I'm interested in. Here's the thing: they don't care what you want to pursue or what you're interested in. They care about the results you bring to the table. So what I wanted to hear is a an answer about um, how you've achieved results in your current role. Maybe in things you didn't understand coming in, but you learned quickly, you were resourceful, and you achieved results, and also how you've already invested in learning more about my industry. So I want those concrete things. And of course, you're not going to know everything. But here's the other thing I would say, Ryan, just to tuck this in your pocket, I wouldn't say this, but know that zero candidates have every single qualification for the job. So nobody is going to be the perfect candidate. So here you, you've identified your potential red flag and you're addressing it. So I think you've got a huge advantage just in that. But I want to hear when Abby asked the question, you know, you, you've, you're, you've done enterprise software sales, but this is tech, digital, advertising, digital advertising. And, yeah. um, you know, a very large known brand, probably one of the largest ones around. Yeah. So what am I concerned about as the company? I'm concerned that you're to come in, not need your handheld, be resourceful and create results for me. So convince us that you can create results because you've created them in previous companies. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and actually, the funny thing is, I mean, I, I kid you not, I'm sitting outside my my apartment here in San Francisco, and I'm going inside for the next couple hours to study up on uh, what I can find on the Glassdoor reviews of this position. Um, just overall, just uh, the the advertising sales role, just in general, because there's a lot. There's many, many comparisons, and it's just more about um, kind of hitting on those notes as as you both said here. And so I appreciate that. Do, do you want to try again, or do you, you want to get inside and do your research? Yeah, so my, my call is actually at 11 a.m. PST, which is 9.20 a.m. here. So, All right, so you better uh, get inside and do your research. <laughs> and it's a, yeah, Ryan, what are you talking it, up for? No, 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 this is good. This, he's I'm getting, kidding. He's I'm getting kidding. great coaching. <laughs> um, so, so, Ryan, it's a phone interview, by the way? Correct, yes. It's a, it's a first one with their nationals. Um, I guess national, it's national sales headhunter for for this for this company is it an external headhunter no it's internal it's internal okay so okay yeah. so your first phone screen so it's going to be like a half hour ish yes 
Correct. Okay, so here, and Abby, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, first yeah. phone screen. Here's what they're going to want to know. They're going to they have your re- obviously you have your resume. Hopefully, you have right. your LinkedIn updated. They looked at that. They they want to know that they they've determined you've got basic skills. So they're now interested in are you coherent? Are you you know? <laughs> I've actually done phone interviews, Abby. I have to tell you at like 11 a.m. where people were actually inebriated. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, oh yeah. Stories of recruiters. There's so many. But um, so they want to know that you're well spoken and that you've you've thought through, they're going to probably ask you why this role, why this company. So you're going to want to be able to be specific, very specific, not I'm passionate about or you guys have a good brand. No, be specific. Get very specific. Um, The salary question probably will come up just to make sure you're in the ballpark. This is not negotiating, so don't get into it. The only thing you need to walk away with is in your ballpark. So I got to ask you this. I got to ask you, I'm putting, I'm role playing again. Oh, so Ryan, um, what do you make right now? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is why we're doing it because we don't, we want no, you to, no, I, I, I feel confident in answering that question all fair. I, I just would prefer not to. No, uh, no. Well, well, the reason I asked you that is because you should not be giving me a number. Abby, what should he be doing? Um, well, it kind of, it's too soon. So maybe if the person I I always ask for this and I always want a number before I hang up the phone. So I want you to actually give me a number, but I don't want I wouldn't ask the question right at the beginning. Um, I would I would actually want you to give me a number. Yeah, it's always at the end though. You're right. Yeah, I would actually want you I to give like me a number. Correct. Usually when I've had it is at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and what I would recommend is that you give a range, and then I would recommend that after you give the range that you say, does this fit within your budget? And that way, if it doesn't, they'll tell you, and you'll have a second chance at it. Which is a pretty general enterprise software answer as well. So, but you're you're in California, anyway. haven't they? I think they've passed, haven't they passed that law that they can't ask you in California? Is that one uh, of the states? Yes. California, yes. Yeah. So That's they probably true. won't ask you that. They shouldn't ask you that question. But um, and here's what I'd say: even if they oh, did, it still, it still gets asked. It's, yeah. No, you're right. It still <laughs> yeah. does get asked. Um, what I would say asked. is, um, you know. Based on my market research and what I know of the role right now, here's what I'm looking for. And to Abby's point, you give the range. It's a big range. Is that in the ballpark? However you want to phrase that. And that's all you need to know. You both need to know you're in the ballpark. And and then, yeah. So be ready for that question. All right, Fair Ryan, enough. you sound like you're set. Any other last advice, Abby? We really want you to do great on this. Yeah, last advice, walk and talk and smile on the phone. Don't sit, walk, talk, and smile. That's good because I walk and pace quite a bit just as I'm selling <laughs> anyway. So that's kind of my mantra anyways. Keep the brain brain uh, flowing there, if you will. Yeah, you've got a good a good phone presence. So a lot yeah, of people really don't, do. but you do. Really do. So yeah. again, put that in your pocket. I appreciate that. All right, well, Ryan, we're rooting so for you. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. <laughs> You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Abby Kohut, a.k.a. Absolutely Abby. And we're taking your calls all hour, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Um, and we are going to go to Richard in Virginia. Richard, Hi, what's in? Hi. Hi, Abby. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hundreds of thousands of people. I'm like, oh, okay, that that uh, takes it up a little pressure I, up a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. I th- okay, yeah, it does, it does. But <laughs> but they don't know you, Richard, and they can't see you. That's all right. I won't crack. I promise. <laughs> Under the pressure. So the the question I have for Abby is: since you had Steve Dalton on last week, and he was talking about um, basically ref- you know getting a referral into the organization, basically networking into the organization. And I'm not sure which um, type of recruiter Abby is. If she's a corporate recruiter, Abby, are you? Yeah, I'm a corporate recruiter, yes, but I'm called a contract recruiter, so I get paid on an hourly basis, but I work for one company at a time usually. All right. Thank you. So my question was about uh, how you find your people, essentially. Like, where would that leap happen between where someone who is searching for a job, has networked in, has made a connection with someone inside of an organization like or a recruiter like yourself? And so how, how do you find your people? Do they come through oh, applications? I, Do you hunt yeah. them down? She That's hunts right. them down. <laughs> <laughs> I go stand out on the street corner and I hold up a sign. 
<laughs> I've seen her. Uh, oh, no, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm sorry, I don't do that anymore. No, um, I actually use LinkedIn a lot, as every recruiter does. If you're not on LinkedIn with the most awesome profile, you need to be. Um, it's my specialty. I teach people how to do that, how to get found by recruiters. But here's the deal. Um, that's not the only way I do it. I go to job search networking events because I'm a speaker, and I recruit people from those events. I did that last night, actually, in Pennsylvania. So I went to a group and spoke and tried to find people there. But we do get referrals, and the biggest problem is that candidates are afraid to get to the hiring manager. The hiring manager is the one that you really need to get to. Getting to me as the recruiter is good. It's better than just sending your resume into the abyss. But getting to the hiring manager is what I teach people how to do. And you have to get to the hiring manager. That's the person that is going to look at your resume and actually understand what you do. With a recruiter, we can only understand it by keywords. I'm not an engineer, right? So I can't I can't really understand what an engineer does. I can recruit engineers, though. I can recruit rocket scientists. But the person who is the manager of the rocket scientists knows exactly what they're looking for. So you want to get your resume to them. And that's what you want to do. So, Abby, you talked about having an awesome LinkedIn profile. So what should Richard know about having an awesome LinkedIn profile? Like, Tell us what that means specifically. Well, one thing for sure everyone needs to do is you need to get your whole resume on LinkedIn. A lot of people are recommending that you just put your titles on there and then let recruiters find you and ask you for the information. So they say, don't put your resume on there because then recruiters will have nothing to ask you when they find you. Well, the problem is recruiters can't find you if you don't have your resume on your profile because we search by keywords. I'm not talking about putting your physical resume on LinkedIn. I'm talking about cutting and pasting from your resume into the fields on LinkedIn. That is searchable. A resume on LinkedIn is not searchable. So I can't find you if you don't have keywords all over your resume, all over your profile. What else do you search on, Abby? So you search on keywords, but there are obviously a lot of different fields on, on LinkedIn that, you know, if yeah. you have the recruiter package and behind the scenes you can search on that, that the yeah. you know, job seeker may not know about. What are those secrets yeah. that, that we don't know so about? The first, thing I do, the first thing I do is I put in a title. The second thing I do is I put in a zip code, and the third thing I do is put in keywords. That's it. That's the magic. That's the whole thing. So the title, you have to have the right title on your profile for me to find you. That's it. So if somebody gave you a crazy title, like here's an example. I met somebody where their company called them a resultant instead of a consultant. <laughs> now, I think that isn't that great. I, think I love it's a great it. Title. I love it. How many? Re- I know, but how many recruiters do you think are searching for resultants right now? Maybe, Zero. maybe just you. Zero. <laughs> so, if that's your title and you put that on your LinkedIn profile, we're never going to find you ever, never ever. So, you have to have a title on your LinkedIn profile that matches what we are all looking for. And what I tell people to do is to take the title that you have, your last title, go plug it into Indeed. Do a search on your title with quotes around it. The quotes keep the words in order. And then see how many recruiters are searching for that position around the country. If there are 20 positions around the country with your title, that's, I guess, okay. But you're really looking for something where there are hundreds of people looking for that position. Then you know you have a good title. So, and you I think have a good title, you have to put a, a. So, what I do is I tell people to put the good title next to the title that someone gave you. So, put resultant parentheses consultant, and you've got it made. Yeah, I think that was you already tagged on to the next question I was going to ask you because a lot of people mm-hmm. worry that well, it's out there. One of my boss sees that I put consultant and not resultant. Um, but here's the thing: it's a marketing document, and it's out there so you can be found. So, Abby, you just solved it. Put it in parentheses next to it. But yes, you want to put something out there that people understand, not just not just recruiters, but your network, that other people who might want to talk to you or, or informational interview with you or things like that. I mean, you need to have things that are, are kind of common knowledge. So I think that's great advice. Um, Richard, thank you so much for giving us a call today on Career Talk. We always love hearing from our listeners. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Abby Kohut, a.k.a. Absolutely Abby. And we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. 
there is a quiz. Okay, it's a sports quiz. The World Cup team is the only nation to have played. Or let me let me actually read the question correctly. That might help Dion. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> this World Cup team is the only nation to have played in every tournament to date. Bonus question. How many nations have played in at least one World Cup? If you think you know, 844-844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. We will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. We are with Absolutely Abby here on Channel 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And Abby, where can people reach you? Oh, my. Well, I well, I have a really great opportunity for everybody. You definitely want to send a cover letter when you are searching for a job. And I'd like to give you the cover letter template that I've used to get every job I've ever applied for in my whole entire life, Dawn. Whole life? So I'd like yeah, my whole life, even kindergarten, wow. seriously. So what you can do is send me an email, and this is easy. It's XM for Series XM, XM at AbsolutelyAbby.com. Send me an email, and the cover letter is going to bounce right back at you. Well, How cool is that? That's very cool, and you do need you do need a cover letter. It goes back to that investment theme we've been talking about the whole show. You need to show an employer that you're invested in them. And here's the secret: um, I just read a blog about this that once you figure out your plan A and once you know what you want to do, the job search is not about you. And I know people say, "Yeah, but the cover letter I have to write it about me and my resume is about me." But no, 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 no. It is about the value you bring to the company and how you're going to impact their mission, their bottom line, and what you can do for the employer when you flip your mindset to start thinking like that all of your answers change all of how you write your resume and your linkedin changes and all of a sudden you become very attractive to employers and recruiters like yourself abby so we're excited that you're on the show today helping people understand what's going on on the other side of the desk 844-WARDEN-844-942-7866 and we're going to go to jamie in new jersey jamie welcome to career talk what's on your mind today Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I have an interview coming up, and I was hoping to do your mock interviews that I've been hearing uh, the past couple of weeks on your show. Um, I think it'd be super helpful, and I'm going to keep this a little broad, if that's okay. But, awesome. We yeah. love doing on-air mock interviews. You brave, brave soul, you. Um, okay, so tell us what you're what you're interviewing for. So I'm interviewing for a producer role at a healthcare innovation show. Okay. A producer wow. role. Um, mm-hmm. And Jamie, what question are you most nervous about? Um, possibly the one. So I've never held a producer role and I'm a little bit nervous, maybe like trying to explain how, my relevant experience and how at my current job I've done a lot of like extra tasks sort of to like fill in that gap since I don't have the official title and I'm kind of nervous I guess if they might ask me about that or if like that will matter. Yeah so you've identified your red flag the red flag being that there's something on the job description that you don't have in your background again this is common not not it's it's rare in the same way as a candidate to find a company or a job that's perfect it's rare to find a candidate that's perfect so you've mm-hmm. identified that you don't you haven't done this particular position you've gotten the interview which says you have some of the foundational skills that they're looking for but the question you're worried about Jamie is that they're going to ask you um you know you You've never done this role, so how how do we know you're going to be successful? Is that fair? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. So, Abby, do you want to do you want to? Um, it's not really role playing a recruiter because you are a recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of it. All right. All right. She's going to take care of you, Jamie. All right. Here we All go. All right. So, Jamie, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me and for setting this up. 
Sure. Well, we're very excited to talk to you today. So I noticed that, you know, I noticed that you haven't actually done this role that we have available, which is a producer role. I noticed mm-hmm. that you have done some other really great things, and that's why we decided to bring you in. But, you know, we do have a lot of candidates that we are meeting that have done this producer role. So maybe you can talk me through what you've done in the past that can help you be successful in this role. Sure. So in my current role, I volunteered for extra tasks, um, sort of outside of my job description. And even though it wasn't a direct producer role, I've basically handled all of the tasks, sort of filling in as an associate producer, so to speak, for uh, the producers at the channel I'm working at currently. And during this time, I've done everything from, you know, booking guests and creating template emails for potential um, potential interviews, writing up questions, uh, really doing the legwork and the research and sort of helping pitch creative ideas to the producers uh, to make their jobs a little bit easier. So I've put in some of the extra legwork, and even though I don't have the exact position title and relevant experience that, um, you know, is sort of in the initial job description, I think I'd be great for the role because I've still done the work. Um, I've seen the stresses. I know how to sort of troubleshoot all the problems that could potentially go wrong uh, during a live show um, and during the booking process. And I think that I could bring all of that to the uh, station, to your station. Great. Cut. Yeah, congratulations, Jamie, on that one. Congratulations on calling and trying to do that. We love that. Yeah. Thanks. It's hard. Lots of lots of lots of courage, Jamie, which you know you can take with you as like a badge. We need to send out courage badges like like they used to do in uh in the scouts or something. Um so okay, feedback, which uh Abby, do you want to start? Yeah, I have two things to say and we'll see what you think, Don. But I heard you say that so a lot of what you said was great. And there was one part where you actually said, I don't, even though I don't have the relevant experience. But to me, I think you do have a lot of the relevant experience. So don't tell them you don't have the relevant experience. I really think you have most of it. And then also, I felt like you just talked, you didn't know when to stop talking. So Mm -hmm. what I tell people is to let the interviewer run the show. So the way you do it is you talk in sound bites. You give a short answer, and don't mm-hmm. try to, to add in lots of becauses. Let them say, well, why did you do that, or how did you do that, or when did you do that? Let them ask follow-up questions. You gave an example, and you didn't even need to do that, because I could have asked you, oh, so why don't you give an example of something that you did? Does that make sense? So, so James, it's funny, um, Abby, I, I had four things and that it was two of them. So Abby hit two of the ones I had. Uh, the other one is, um, actually for, I wrote down to, instead of in the beginning where you give the list, you said, I've done this, I've done that, I've this, two things on that one, be careful of that, that up speak or that list speak. I've done blah, 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 blah. Like, cause I just, I, it almost comes across as if you're bored, <laughs> Um, okay. you know, so be careful and, and it, you want to come across as confident. So, so three things that I've done that are very relevant to this role are helping to get guests, this and this. And I would say, add an example to that, a very brief example. And you might say, I'm making this up, of course, since I don't know you, Jamie, but you might say, for example, one day the the producer got stuck in, in a snowstorm and couldn't make it in. I stepped in and was able to do this. So so it shows that you're confident. It gives them kind of context about what you're saying. And it, it, it shows them that you will get results, that you can kind of save the day. And so I think that will help. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Confidence breeds confidence. And you've done this. And I agree with Abby 100% when you say you, you don't have to repeat you've not done it. They've said to you, hey, Jamie, it doesn't look like you've done this role. So you never have to repeat that. Don't remind them Mm -hmm. that you haven't done it because actually you have done it. You just haven't had the title. And that's a very different thing. You've done the work. You don't have the title. That is a very different thing. So just keep that in mind and go in confident. And we are all rooting for you, Jamie. Woohoo! Thank you for being so brave on air and giving us a call on Career Talk. 
We look forward to hearing how it goes. Hey, 844-844-942-7866. We're talking to Abby Kohut. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if it's Thursday, we're live and we are going to John in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today, John? Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Yeah, my question, I think, is uh, fairly simple. I was wondering what a good title would be on your LinkedIn profile when you're in job transition. Ooh, we love switchers. We love switchers, John. So, so we were just talking about LinkedIn, Abby, and how to make the profile great and to be found on LinkedIn. So, so John is a switcher. What would you recommend that John put on his LinkedIn so he is found as somebody who is looking to make a transition? So this seems like um, a difficult question, but it's actually very simple. Just put the title on your profile that you want to be found as by recruiters. So what you do is you set up a special job and you say that the company that you're working for is called, let's say, searching for a new job. And then you put the titles in that company that you want to be found for. Wait, I'm confused. Okay, let me try it again. Let me try it again. So you go into LinkedIn and you create a special new job. And let's say you're you're in purchasing. So what you would do is you would set up a special new job, and the title would be purchasing agent, sourcer, and buyer because a recruiter could search for you in either in either type of title. And then you put the dates of when you stopped being employed, and you put in that you're doing it presently. And the name of the company would be searching for a new job because you're not working for anybody. So you're actually recommending that that John creates a job that doesn't exist. Yes. Okay, I'm 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 just going to I'm going to dive into this cuz I'm already thinking like would would this not be false advertising, Abby? No, because in the job description of this job you're explaining to recruiters what you're looking for. So when you are a job seeker, your job is job seeking. So that's what you're doing. You're creating a job to explain the job that you're doing and the job you're doing right now is searching for a job. That's why you have to set up a current job with the titles you want recruiters to find you for. And by the way, if you go into LinkedIn and you do a title search under the word searching, you will find thousands of people that have done this. So, yeah, this is a new one to me. I'm going to I'm going to have to check this out. I I think a couple of things, John. First, what are you transitioning to and from? Okay. Well, I'm in the telecommunications industry. I did have my title be manager at telecommunications. So that's sort of what uh, Abby said. I understand maybe I would have changed the bottom, but that's so I have had various roles in manager, director roles in telecommunications industry. So project management, billing, software, operations. So I don't I think that's too many to put in there. So that's that's a lot. You have to figure out what the job is that you actually want, and then you have to put the exact title. But remember, it has to be the exact title that recruiters are searching for, okay? So if you said manager at telecommunications, that's exactly what you said to us. That's not a title a recruiter is searching for. A recruiter is not searching for a manager at telecommunications. Another example of this is sometimes people will put in project management Recruiters are not searching for project management. They're searching for project managers. You have to think of exactly what title a recruiter is going to put in because they're going to put it in and they're going to put quotes around it, which means find me this exact title. So if you are a telecommunications manager, you should put in the word telecommunications manager or manager of telecommunications. That would be a better title. But then there could be other titles. Maybe you have done operations and then you can have manager of telecommunications and like a comma or a bar and then put operations manager. These are perfectly fine. So this is how recruiters find you. Yeah. So I want to, um, so I, I want to play devil's advocate. Well, Abby, so say you, you stumble across John and he has this new job put it up yeah. there with, uh, you know, these titles that you're suggesting as somebody who hasn't done the work, what would you pursue reaching out to John? No, if he hasn't done the work, I'm not going to pursue him. This is just if you have done the work. So if you've done billing and you want to do billing again, then you want to say that you're a billing manager. Okay, so you haven't done the work, yeah. So that's the part I think I was missing because I'm like, you're still going to get to the profile and say, well, well, John's a teacher, so what what difference does it make that he he put this job up there? It has to be something you've done 
but it doesn't have to be. It's the same thing that we were talking to Jamie about. Even if you haven't had the exact title, if you've done the work, that's okay. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So yeah. Let me, that's that was the piece that was missing for me because I'm I'm trying yeah. to visualize. You know, John. I know you're not a teacher, but that John's just <laughs> making up this job and making himself VP of telecommunications and right. and okay. Um, right. So here's the thing, John, and I would say this to anybody who's making a career switch is that you really want to make your profile aspirational in nature. And this is kind of, I think, Abby, what your your point is, is that you've probably done things in your career and you have, because we've been talking about it, that are going to be attractive to this new market. And you need to pull those things up front and center. So you need to put those words on top. Maybe you need to drop some things off of your profile that really steer people in a different direction because that's not the type of work that you want to do any longer. So I think you have to really look at the profile as a whole and say, what are the things in my background that are are aligned with where I'm going? And those are the things that should stay on your profile. What are those things that are, that are outdated or aligned with where I used to be and where I don't want to be? Those things come off. But I do think also... Also, in addition to rebranding, when you're you're in a job search, this is where networking is going to be your best friend because you, you may not have a traditional background in a certain field or you may be slightly in um, you know a different industry. But if you've got these transferable skills and if you're you're known in your network as somebody who's reliable and likable and, and um, you know passionate about this type of work and you've invested in it so you've you've done projects you're in associations you're following groups or you're writing articles whatever it is that makes sense in your industry people are going to pay attention to that because hiring managers want to hire people who are hungry hungry to do the work and sometimes traditional candidates not all but on occasion you know they're just they're just kind of going along they want hungry people so even if you are a traditional candidate be hungry show people how you have invested and continue to invest in your development john thank you so much for calling career talk 844 wharton 844-942-7866 we're going to go to thomas in texas welcome to the show what's on your mind thomas Yes, hi, um, and thank you for taking my call. So um, I am an individual who did not finish his college degree. I have some college. However, I have 25-plus years in a industry. So as I'm looking to um, uh, get back and working in that industry again, because I, I, I took some time off to develop in some leadership uh, areas, um, it seems that, and maybe I'm just maybe – overthinking it that I'm being passed up because I haven't finished my degree. So how do you uh, show the strengths of your, edu- your, your not your education, but your, your years in profession um, as a positive by not finishing your degree, if that makes sense? Yep. So, um, yeah, I don't think you're imagining it. Uh, I think here's the thing. When people write job descriptions, and I think this is pretty common, people people being employers, they need to kind of put up some check boxes just to, to, to have some qualifications up there to maybe reduce the amount of people who apply. But not all of these are critical. And usually college yep. education is one of them. It's like, oh, well, let's just say you have to have a bachelor's and we'll slap that on the job ad. But, but if you yep. questioned it, and you said, well, what you know? Why does having a bachelor's in in fine art or you know, something like that matter? They don't really have a good answer. So I, I think I think one, you need to. You're right. They probably are um, making that an easy way to kind of weed you out, but it shouldn't be. So Abby, I hear you. I hear you uh, chomping at the bit. So let's let's yeah, talk I totally about. Totally agree with what you just said. That a lot of times we just put it on the job description because it's the thing to do. But it depends on the career. So if you want to become a nurse, I think you have to have an RN, right? But if you are an IT technician, you don't necessarily have to have a bachelor's degree. It depends on the field that you're in. So I would recommend that you apply anyway. But I will say this. I can't tell you for sure that it's the fact that you don't have a degree that that, that that's the reason people aren't calling. A lot of times it's that you're just stuck in the abyss and you don't have the right keywords on your resume. So it's really all about trying to figure out how to network your way into the company. And I, you know, I love to help people do that because that is the way people are getting jobs. It's not by sending your resume in and waiting for somebody to say, oh, can't bring them in because they don't have a degree. Because that's what the applicant tracking systems might be screening. And if you can get around that applicant tracking system, you won't have to worry about that. Yeah. So, and you know, you talk about how to present yourself 
in a way that that shows that your experience is much more important than education. That's what kills me. It is more important than education. Of and, it is. and and every employer will say that, oh, you know, you have a degree. Well, what have you done? Yet it kills me when they say, but you need a bachelor's. I'm like, that is so contradictory. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and actually, I'm going to just going to do a quick plug, Thomas, because this is exactly what Switchers talks about. It's a really um clear roadmap from how to get past these biases in the hiring process because as somebody who who wants people to succeed i know that you guys are hitting this wall and um you know this wall is not fair in some cases it doesn't even make sense so here is how to get around that and that's what switchers how to how smart professionals change careers and see success is all about so something you might want to to check out thomas you know good luck to you don't let that red flag at all um be a red flag flag for you. It is for them, perhaps, but don't let it impact your confidence because the fact is your 20 years experience is going to be way more valuable to any company than, than, you know, than a degree. One thing you might want to consider though, is if it continues and if people are telling you it's an obstacle, you might want to consider going back and getting something online or enrolling in classes. I mean, to say you're enrolled in classes might just be enough to, to help get past that. So just things to think about as you brainstorm your strategy. Hey, we're here with Absolutely Abby and we have to answer the pre-break quiz because everybody wants to know the answer, especially Dion. I think you got it, though, Dion. So this World Cup team is the only nation to have played in every tournament to date. Who is it? I want to say Brazil. Yes. 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 Where's my ding? Where's your ding? Where's your ding? (laughs) Wait, wait. So there's a bonus question. Right. right. So (laughs) first, how many countries are there? Yeah, a lot. Dion. Yeah. Like total on Earth? We've learned it on this show. We How did actually learn it on this show. Ooh, uh, 237? Nope. Oh. Do you remember, Michelle? I don't actually. 139, I think? No, no. <laughs> You're wrong, too. <laughs> really? No, it was like 200 and something. Yeah. I don't think so. All but right. We'll look it up. We'll, look we'll it up. have to look it up. Um, we'll, we'll put it on Twitter. Okay, but part two, how many nations have played in at least world one World Cup? Dion, think out loud. We're on radio. 52. <laughs> You're actually not terribly far off. 77. 77 uh, have played tough. in at least one World Cup. Only eight of them have actually won. And we might actually have a ninth to add to that soon. So that would be exciting. Hey, this this hour always flies by. Um, Abby, we are out of time, but we always love having you on the show. One more time, quickly, where can people reach you? Please, everyone send me an email, and the email address is xm, as in series xm, at absolutelyabby.com, and Abby is A-B-B-Y, xm at absolutelyabby.com. Send me an email. I want to give you my cover letter template. And you absolutely need a cover letter, so if you're not using one... That is great advice. And um, Abby, we love having you on the show. Thank you so much for that. Michelle and Dion, our dream team. And Dion got the the pre-break quiz right. That's right. Woohoo! And... Of course, all of our callers and listeners, you guys are why we are here every week and why we show up. Hey, if you're not following me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And recently I've joined Instagram. So we're doing a a behind the mic series where you can see what actually goes on in the studio. So if you if you haven't checked that out and you'll you'll get to see lots of pictures of Michelle and Dion and me doing what we do here on Sirius XM every week. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM channel 111 powered by the Wharton School and we will see you next time.